Captain. Now, the one who protects us all from prattling prognosticators and perfidious pundits. I say, America, stay out the bushes. Look for the union label. To secure these rights, governments are instituted among men, deriving their just powers from the consent of the government. From my cold, dead hands. I'm concerned that if we don't impeach this president, he will get reelected. It's time for the Alan Nathan Show. Here he is, the longest-running nationally syndicated centrist host in the country, Alan Nathan. Welcome aboard, everybody. Welcome aboard. I'm ever yours, Alan Nathan, the militant moderate. Thank you so much for joining us. If this is your virgin voyage, allow me to share with you our mantra. Folks, we want the Republicans out of our bedroom, the Democrats out of our wallets, and both out of our First and Second Amendment rights. We feel there exists this cavernous gap separating the two orthodoxies and that it's a gap comprised of many degree-thinking people who can argue quite passionately in shades of gray. And to that end, each and every show, we have fine guests to help best illustrate this point. Today is no exception. Also, if you wish to hook up with us on the web, it's www.alannathan.com. Don't forget that email address, alan at alannathan.com. That's A-L-A-N. Coming at you live and strong each and every Monday through Friday at this time. Don't forget the classic Alan Nathan show, Saturdays, 6 to 7 p.m. And overnight Sunday mornings, 3 to 4, all times Eastern. We are indeed a Main Street Radio Network production. Please check us out at MainStreetRadioNetwork.com. Feel free to avail yourselves of our nascent but always robust Twitter and Facebook options that we have there for you. And of course, with great dispatch and alacrity, we love to thank our distributor, the Salem Radio Network. That's right, the Alan Nathan Show is entering its 25th year of national syndication, all thanks to you, reaching about 800 towns and cities across a couple of hundred radio station broadcasts each week. Again, all thanks to you. And by the way, I don't care if you're part of the authoritarian left or perpetually clueless right. Please get out of the thought control business. Our topics to sure, as you may have heard well, a federal judge scathingly strikes down Biden's immigration policy, saying they have quote-unquote, turn the southwest border into a meaningless line in the sand and little more than a speed bump. He adds that you guys have been releasing more than a million aliens into the country, unquote. What's next? Also, Federal Trade Commission Chair Lena Khan demands that Twitter turn over the journalists behind the popular Twitter files, you know, the ones that were exposing government lobbying for censorship, and... He's <laughs> Twitter, and more specifically, Elon Musk, is ordered to explain why it fired former FBI lawyer Jim Baker as its deputy general counsel. I have to ask you, is this crap stain that ignorant of the First Amendment? Is she that much of an imbecilic, brain-dead schmuck as to believe that she has a right to directly violate the First Amendment? Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof or abridging the freedom of speech or of the press or the right of the people peaceably to assemble and petition the government for redress grievances. These things can't happen without freedom of assembly. You've got to be able to hire and fire the people you want as long as it's not attributable to things having to do with race or religion or, or, or ethnicity or anything of that nature, if it has to do with the fact that the bozo is not doing his job as he is supposed to do, the FTC has jack all of a right to interfere with the ongoing operations of any business. As long as they're obeying the law, as long as they're abiding by the law. 
this piece of crap has no right to interfere with that operation whatsoever. Now, when it comes to government tag-teaming with big tech to censor all of us, then government has a role to weigh in on it because government's got to check itself. We've had government tag-teaming with big tech to censor all of us on everything from COVID protocols regarding uh, vaccine immunity supposedly being stronger than natural immunity. We now know the opposite is true. Thank you to the New England Journal of Medicine for pointing that out, and NBC actually also finally getting around to reporting on it. We also know they were screwed up when uh, shaming people and canceling people and censoring people regarding the supposed efficacy of masks. We now know, thanks to the Cochrane study, the gold standard that's universally recognized, whether people like it or not, as the place to go for these things, the Cochrane study making it abundantly clear that masks didn't do much at all. I mean, you've got to remember, folks, uh, contrary to popular belief that we all were given in the beginning, the majority of COVID is spread through aerosols. And aerosols are only one-seventeenth the size of the pores found in the finest of cloth, I mean, the finest of surgical masks. What am I talking about? The finest of surgical masks. And, yeah, it's only one-eightieth the size of the pores found in the finest of cloth masks. So how is something that's only one-seventeenth the size of the pores in the best surgical mask and something that's only one-eightieth the size of the pores found in the best cloth masks going to have any problem getting through? These masks weren't effective at stopping transmission at all. Again, this is the Cochrane study doing an analysis of a wide array of other studies considered to be the most dispositive of its kind. But welcome to the world of the woke. And Twitter's new owner, Elon Musk, made it abundantly clear that he wanted to embrace free speech. So he opened the Twitter files. Well, you know what? The Democrats don't like being exposed. So that they're gonna, they're, what they're trying to do right now is characterize our expectation for their accountability as somehow being more inappropriate than their shirking of it. Are they out of their minds? I don't need an answer. That's a rhetorical inquiry. Of course, they're out of their minds. Or maybe they're not. Maybe they're just that bad faith in a deliberate fashion. Unbelievable that this lady really thinks she can get away with this crap. It's sickening. I'm reading the story here from Fox. There's other outlets that have it, but uh, I like Wolfson's writing, Joseph Wolfson. Headline, Federal Trade Commission demands Elon Musk identify all journalists who had access to Twitter files. The Federal Trade Commission is demanding Elon Musk turn over internal Twitter documents, including a list of the journalists who were behind the viral Twitter files. The Wall Street Journal first reported Tuesday about more than a dozen letters the FTC sent to Twitter and its legal counsel as part of a probe looking into Musk's 2022 takeover of the, giant, of the tech giant. The information ordered by the FTC included a demand to identify all journalists. Who the f*** does this piece of crap think she is? Identify all journalists. I'm a former national television correspondent. If I were walking down the same hallway as she... I would need to be restrained. This is oppressive behavior by the government. This is oppression. This is actual censorship. And when you have censorship, you automatically have oppression. Why? Because the government that can censor you can oppress you. Because their practice of the first means, guess what? We cannot object to the second. 
at least in any meaningful way, with leverage. These pieces of crap, under the trappings of officialdom, are violating the very laws they're ostensibly supposed to uphold. When pieces of lunacy like this, when crap stains like Khan disconnects herself from the very laws she requires the rest of us to follow, that piece of crap is committing a tyrannical act. And I hope to God some bozo in the White House has some scintilla of gray matter left enough to understand what the hell they're doing. Does anybody over there in that massive compendium of uselessness called the White House these days have even a, have even a passing familiarity with the Constitution? This is the people's written document to the government it created, not the other way around, schmucks. You don't get to make up the rules as you go along. There's not even any gray area here. There's nothing. There's no room for judicial review on this, Bobby. You are directly violating the First Amendment. And when you do that crap, this is the point where if we don't have a quick realizing of the internal institutional checks and bounces to stop your sorry asses, others may step in. This is what the Second Amendment option is all about. If government in the aggregate becomes oppressive and they start disconnecting themselves again from the very laws they require the rest of us to follow, we don't need a permission slip from our oppressors to stop their oppression. This isn't fly-by-night logic. This is on point. You do not get to violate the Constitution on point, regardless of the trappings of officialdom that might permit you to do so. No. Not one of these branches may thwart the mandates of the very document from which their powers are derived and to which they're each subordinate. Now, there is something called judicial review, and we need it. There's plenty of times when the Constitution, darn it, just doesn't have certain corresponding language to deal with a particular challenge and focus. So for better or for worse, we go along with that. But when that Constitution has direct wording, no, that's a different story. No court can ever rule that the Constitution is in opposition to that which its text explicitly permits, nor can the court rule that the Constitution is in support of that which its text explicitly forbids. Unless language is no longer tethered to the meanings of the words that comprise it. Get your defecation consolidated, Ms. Khan. You're listening to The Alan Nathan Show right here on the Main Street Radio Network. Stick with us. This message is provided by Beringer Ingelheim. Idiopathic pulmonary fibrosis, or IPF, is one of the more common forms of progressive fibrosing interstitial lung diseases with symptoms including breathlessness during activity, a dry and persistent cough, chest discomfort, fatigue, and weakness. There are more than 200 lung disorders that can lead to pulmonary fibrosis, an irreversible scarring of lungs that can negatively impact lung function, quality of life, and may become life-threatening. While approved treatments for people living with these diseases can help slow disease progression, new therapies are needed to help potentially stop progression. Fortunately, there is new research underway to assess the safety and efficacy of an investigational treatment in patients with IPF and other progressive ILDs. This is part of Beringer Ingelheim's Phase 3 global 
Global Fibronear program. To learn more about Fibronear and eligibility requirements, visit fibronear-ipf.longboat.com and fibronear-ild.longboat.com. This is sponsored by IBM. Job seekers, students, and career changers want to pursue roles in science, technology, engineering, and math, but aren't familiar with career options. At the same time, online training and digital credentials are emerging as a recognized pathway to opportunity. Misconceptions about the cost of training and what's required are often roadblocks to success. To tackle this and bring STEM education closer to underrepresented communities, IBM SkillsBuild is announcing 45 new educational partners. IBM SkillsBuild is a free education program focused on underrepresented communities in tech, helping all develop valuable new skills and access to career opportunities. Justina Nixon-St. Till, IBM Chief Impact Officer. Technology training can have a transformational effect on a person's life. IBM is committed to raising awareness of the many roles that exist across industries in science, technology, engineering, and mathematics. IBM Skills Build continues to grow with new partners around the world, working together to skill 30 million people by 2030. For more, skillsbuild.org. Dear John, I was hoping it wouldn't come to this, but you've left me no choice. I'm leaving. Uncontrolled high blood pressure is really serious, and lately you seem to really not care. I've been there for you since day one, and I know you think I'm going to keep ticking. But no, my friend, I can quit whenever I want. Why can't we get back to the good times when we were more active and ate more healthy foods and you checked on me every once in a while? Is that too much to ask? I don't want to leave, but unless you stop ignoring me, what else am I supposed to do? Remember, when I quit, you quit. Sincerely, your heart. Listen to your heart and don't let it quit on you. Doing the minimum to control your high blood pressure isn't doing enough. High blood pressure can lead to a stroke, heart attack, or death. Get your blood pressure to a healthy range before it's too late. For help keeping yours at a healthy range, text PRESSURE to 97779. A message from the American Heart Association, the American Stroke Association, and the Ad Council. The mission of Paralyzed Veterans of America is clear. Accessibility. Veterans who have served and sacrificed the best of themselves deserve access to the best our country has to offer. Access to meaningful employment. Access to the veterans' benefits they've earned. Accessible homes and vehicles. And access to every part of their communities. With PVA staff working inside VA hospitals, no other veterans organization has provided more real-time Ongoing support for paralyzed veterans and their families. PVA is proud to serve veterans across all branches, all generations, and all conflicts. Our nation's heroes fought for your independence. Join PVA in fighting for theirs at PVA.org. Welcome back, everybody. Welcome back. Every year is Alan Nathan, the militant moderate. Once again, this is the oasis for those who have an aversion to the left, right, black, white, two-dimensional approach. <clears throat> Pardon me. Absolutely delighted you could be with us today. Well, a federal judge scathingly strikes down Biden's immigration policy, saying they have, quote, turned the southwest, bo- southwest border into a meaningless line in the sand and little more than a speed bump. He also adds that this has resulted in more than a million aliens into the country. What's next on that horizon? Also, FTC chair. Lena Khan demands that Twitter turn over the journalists behind the popular Twitter files, you know, the ones that expose government lobbying for censorship, and 
also demands that uh, Elon Musk explain why he fired former FBI lawyer Jim Baker as its deputy general counsel. Is this idiot that ignorant of the First Amendment? I mean, does she not even have a passing familiarity with either the Constitution or the King's English? This is a direct violation of the First Amendment. You don't even need judicial review to figure this one out. Anyway, also, as the once-censored Chinese government COVID lab leak theory takes on greater credibility than its natural origin predecessor, as confessed by the Department of Energy as well as the FBI, why does the CIA continue its own politically driven and tyrannical suppression of the same finding? Why is that? And also, Joe Biden has a rather bizarre budget that he wants to put out there. It doesn't seem to have any chance of passing either the House or the Senate, but he's doing it anyway. And uh, it's just alarming that he would even try. We have assisting in the opining and analyzing all front of the show, Senator Marsha Blackburn, Republican from the great state of Tennessee, clearly one of the most elegant people on Capitol Hill, member of the Senate Finance Committee, Judiciary Committee, Veterans Affairs Committee, also Commerce, Science and Transportation Committee, where she is actually the ranking or she was the ranking member for the subcommittee on the consumer protection. No, she is. I'm sorry. Uh, ranking member for the subcommittee on consumer protection, product safety and data security. By the way, her latest book is the highly praised work entitled The Mind of a Conservative Woman Seeking the Best for Family and Country. Senator Blackburn, good to have you back. How are you today? I am delighted to join you. Thank you so much. And I appreciate that you're running through the issues that we're dealing with on Capitol Hill. You know, Alan, some days I look at this and I say, you just can't make this stuff up. And people are, I did a telephone town hall with Tennesseans last night. They are very concerned about the policy issues, the crime, the open border, what is happening with the out-of-control spending, inflation, uh, there, and China, Russia, Ukraine, all of those issues. But what is really rattling their soul is they're concerned that this group in the White House is determined to radically transform this country. They are going after our freedoms, our free speech, our Second Amendment rights. They're going after our right to privacy. They're going after states' rights. All of these are steps that they are taking, and uh, they're putting a lot of energy and muscle into it. So, But fortunately, think- fortunately there's, while they believe they have so much latitude because of the mainstream media backing them up, which they do, they're always inclined to overshoot. And that's about the only thing we have on our side. They overreach so clumsily that they invariably, at least eventually, wind up having to dial it back. It's just unfortunate that we have to go through the time-wasting exercise of their realizing just how imbecilic and brain-dead they're coming across to the American people. I mean, look at the way they, they approach taxes. I mean, they're of the opinion that for some reason, if they raise taxes on corporations... Uh, that's going to be cheered by the people when, in fact, every time you raise uh, taxes on corporations that sell us goods and services, you by default increase the amount of money all of us have to spend to buy things. You're essentially raising our taxes. You're costing all of us that much more because companies are rational entities. They're only going to look at increased taxes as an increased overhead. So they're either going to have to cut staff or cut services or increase prices. Where am I mistaken? 
Well, you're right about that. And indeed, their tax proposal that's coming out today in the president's budget is more sinister than that, because they are going to tax people making under $400,000 a year. And this is how they're doing it. They're going to look at your gross income. Now, think about the number of small business, mainstream merchants, mainstream, Main Street um small business manufacturers mom and pop uh, shops mom and pop shops that do a gross of $400,000 in a year but by the time they pay expenses pay their staff what do they do they take home about $50,000 so they're going after those people who have that gross income that is going to hit that $400,000 mark so what is that going to do People are not going to grow their businesses. They're going to try to shrink them. So they come in at 350 or 375, something of that nature, and don't hit that $400,000 mark. Likewise, what you are seeing is they are going after people that work on tip income. Now, they want to say that this is going to be something that, is voluntary restaurants hair salons uber drivers you can sign up for this program it's voluntary you can put in tip income and the irs out of the goodness of their heart they're going to help you track it uh calibrate taxes how altruistic of them how altruistic of them it's just you know it's just insane because the irony is that actually lowering tax rates really increases tax revenue, right? With Trump's uh, tax plan and Bush's before that, when they lowered the tax rates, we increased our tax revenue. It's just that the spending outpaced the additional revenues that were generated. But, I mean, every single year, the Government Accounting Office reports that we misplace about $350 billion a year through redundant spending, and it's all thanks to approximately, what, 580 duplicative programs managed by about 180 government agencies. And the truth is, Senator... It seems like we could stop these duplicative programs immediately while, get this, hurting nobody. And we would hurt nobody because, guess what, they're all duplicated. So it seems to me that regardless of party affiliation, who can justify the stupidity really when both sides of the aisle could benefit from the stoppage of this hemorrhaging practice? I mean, it would give us back about $3.5 trillion a decade all by itself, modestly assessing it, and, and you don't have to touch taxes. What am I missing here? Well, you're right about that. And I had really pushed during President Trump's administration uh, for them to take up these government reform efforts. I thought it would be a great project for the vice president to do, to look at the duplicative programs and to narrow those down. For broadband, put all of your broadband programs in one or two pots instead of having about 20 different pots. Put all of your economic development programs in a couple of pots. Simplify your grants so that people can more easily search it, so that you get rid of a lot of the bureaucracy and the record keeping. There is no need for every different department in the federal government to have all of these separate programs. 
Oh, my God, there's no reason at all. None at all. And there's really so much uh, I want to get into with you, I mean, if possible. Actually, I'll tell you what, Senator, if you wouldn't mind, please hang on the line for just a second, folks. You're listening to The Alan Nathan Show right here on the Main Street Radio Network. Going to be right back. From NAACP Image Award-nominated author Elise Bryant comes a new rom-com about two teens who overcome misconnections and find their way to love. Reggie and Delilah's Year of Falling follows two people who seemingly have nothing in common, but after a year of chance encounters, begin to think the universe may be telling them something. Dungeons and Dragons-obsessed Reggie and emotionally bottled-up Delilah meet for the first time on New Year's Eve and again on Valentine's Day and on random occasions throughout the year. They're drawn to each other, though they are each too insecure to be their true selves. So what happens once they realize they've each fallen for a version of the other that doesn't really exist? Author Elise Bryant. This is a sweet and funny romantic story in which the characters learn to overcome their fears and discover who they truly are. I hope readers enjoy going along on this ride with Reggie and Delilah and maybe learn something about themselves along the way. Reggie and Delilah's Year of Falling is now available wherever books are sold. Not everyone is a morning person, and that's okay. At Burger King, we let you be you and have your morning your way. With a variety of menu items made just for you, satisfy any craving on any morning. Feeling savory today? How about a sandwich, Sizzling sausage, fluffy eggs, and melted American cheese on a toasted croissant. Perfect with hot or iced coffee. Is bacon more your thing? We do that, too. Try a bacon, egg, and cheese sandwich with crispy bacon, fluffy eggs, and melted American cheese on a toasted croissant. Try it with an ice-cold Coke. Or maybe you're craving something sweet. Then French toast sticks are sure to satisfy. Golden brown, piping hot, and perfect for dipping in a side of sweet syrup. Pair it with a Simply Orange juice. Why not? It's your morning. Complete your breakfast combo meal with hash browns and a beverage of your choice. Have your breakfast your way. Because morning person or not, you rule. At participating U.S. Burger King restaurants, sponsored by Coca-Cola. Steven. Who said that? Me, down here. <gasps> what are you, a yellow booger? I'm a banana slug, Steven. Well, uh, what are you doing in my room? I'm your sense of adventure. Don't you remember me? Don't you know that we miss you? Miss me? Who misses me? You know, all your friends in the forest. The trees, the pond, that little fort that you made out of branches. We all miss you. Mom took me to the forest last year. I'm a slug, Steven. It took me a long time to get here. Oh, I guess that makes sense. This forest is not that far away. Have an adventure today. I'm sure your mom would take you. You're right. I should get out. I want to have fun. Plant puddles, catch frogs, and climb trees. Hey, Mom! Yeah, hon? <gasps> Stephen! What is that in your hand? It's my sense of adventure, Mom. It's telling me we need to get out of the house and have some fun in nature today. Come to the forest where the more adventurous you lives. Check out discovertheforest.org for cool places nearby. Brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service and the Ad Council. Know that feeling? Like every door is closing and you just can't see a way out? Being unemployed, underemployed, or just out of school feels a lot like that. But when you find the right tools, suddenly everything just clicks. Getting on that path may be easier than you think. A good place to start? Go to findsomethingnew.org. 
At FindSomethingNew.org, you have access to resources that help develop new skills. Skills that will position you for careers in today's growing industries. From healthcare and manufacturing to cybersecurity and alternative energy. Plus, you can take advantage of online courses, certification programs, apprenticeships, and more. So you can take yourself from unemployed and uncertain to empowered and prepared for what's next. Find your path to a new career today. Visit FindSomethingNew.org. A message from the Ad Council. I was in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean when it happened. There was a sudden jolt and our submarine crashed on the seafloor. We were in total darkness. That's Dr. Dejana Figueroa, a marine biologist and STEM teacher, talking about a deep sea dive she'll never forget. It's funny. When I was a kid, I was afraid of the ocean. And there I was, two miles below the surface. But as a scientist, you prepare for that. Using our training and a little creativity, we fixed the sub and finished our experiments. The dive was just too important. Every dive gives us glimpses at things few people ever get to see. Blowing creatures, fiery undersea volcanoes. When we got back to the surface, I kissed the ground and called my mom, of course. But you know what? I wouldn't trade that dive for anything. Dr. Figueroa uses her passion for STEM to discover new things and make the world a better place. She can STEM, so can you. Check out She Can STEM for more stories and inspiration. A message from the Ad Council. And his wife was her son's friend, okay? Now, I normally would not talk about this shit, but for some reason, these put that shit on the internet. I have no idea why two talented people would do something that low down. What the fuck? We all been cheated on. Everybody in here been cheated on. None of us have ever been interviewed by the person that cheated on us on television. None of us! They're like, hey, I was with somebody else's dick. How did that make you feel? <laughs> Why the fuck would you do that She hurt him way more than he hurt me, okay? Well, that was Chris Rock in his Netflix special. I wasn't expecting that clip, but we'll roll with it. Uh, <laughs> it seems that... Uh, he gave the woke a run for their money, that's for sure. And uh, the woke needs a run for their money because they're driving the country nuts. But uh, there was a point where Chris Rock was making it abundantly clear that uh, when you make artificial assertions of racism uh, or whether you are uh, uh, pushing the view that uh, you have the right to be outraged over that which involves circumstances of your own making, that those accountable need to be held accountable. Those responsible need to be held responsible. And he did a marvelous job. Of course, he drove the left nuts. Uh, the idea that, that he would attack the, the left is just something he couldn't stand. He just couldn't stand it. And it seems to be permeating much of what we're talking about. I mean, we were talking earlier about how the Department of Education, the FBI, they finally admit that COVID came from China's Wuhan lab. And, of course, that means they're really swelling the list of facts censored by government partisans via media proxies. You know, the idea they're underselling natural immunity, overselling masks, wrongly citing Hunter Biden's laptop as Russian spycraft. It goes on and on and on. 
But you have to wonder, what's taking the CIA so long? Why is the CIA taking so long to come out? Have they also been not so much uh, embraced by wokeism as strangled by it? <laughs> and this is serious stuff. Why is this? Think about it. As the once-censored Chinese government COVID lab leak theory takes on greater credibility than its natural origin predecessor. Again, confessed by the DOE and the FBI. Why the hell does the Central Intelligence Agency continue its own politically driven and tyrannical suppression of the same finding? What's up with that? How can this be excused? So much can't be excused. People are tired of government characterizing accountability as being more inappropriate than its shirking of it. And we're seeing this unambiguously taking place in front of us. Fortunately, some of our institutional checks and balances are having some impact. I was talking about this a little earlier. We had a, a story from Fox News people. Federal judge rules Biden's border policies unlawful, just a speed bump for illegal immigrants. The judge ruled in favor of Republican Florida Attorney General Ashley Moody, who filed the suit. It was written by Adam Shaw, Brendan Gillespie, and Bill McGullen. Well, Bill Mulligan, I apologize. As well as Kelly Locko. Kelly Locko. So uh, give it a read. It's a, it's a hell of a piece. But apparently this judge, uh, Kent Weatherell, ruled in response to a lawsuit from the state of Florida alleging that this administration's release of tens of thousands of illegal immigrants through humanitarian patrol, uh, parole into, let's say, what they call alternatives to detention, uh, known as parole plus ATD, is something that's unlawful. And he wrote a scathing opinion about this. He stated that the Biden administration had effectively turned the southwest border into a meaningless line in the sand and little more than a speed bump for aliens flooding into the country. Quote from the judge, the evidence establishes that defendants have effectively turned the southwest border into a meaningless line in the sand and little more than a speed bump for aliens flooding into the country by prioritizing alternatives to detention, this ATD, over actual detention and by releasing more than a million aliens into the country on parole or pursuant to the exercise of quote-unquote prosecutorial discretion under a wholly inapplicable statute without even initiating removal proceedings, the judge said, siding with Florida. The judge made it clear that, quote, there is nothing inherently inhumane or cruel about detaining aliens pending completion of their immigration proceedings. It's like these guys in government just make it up as they go along, violating laws as they go along. I tell you what, what I would like to do is now hear that uh, clip six as originally intended. Uh, James, if you please. What does secure mean to you? It certainly doesn't mean that people aren't able to get across the border illegally. Of, of course not. That is, that, by that measure, the border has never been secure, Right. Um, since the Department of Homeland Security was created, individuals have evaded. So, so by what measure is it secure now, sir? So there, there is not a common definition uh, of that. If one looks at the statutory definition, the literal interpretation of the statutory language, if one person 
successfully evades law enforcement uh, at the border, uh, then we have breached the security of the border. So what we try to do, what's your, what defini- our goal, what's your definition? What our goal is to achieve operational control of the border. That man just exposed a level of functional illiteracy that reaches masturbatory heights. He is saying that because no administration was ever able to keep out every single illegal immigrant crossing the line, that there's no such thing as a disparity between one level of control and another. So if you have one that's allowed in, that means nobody has a secure border. So because Trump wasn't able to keep every single one out, that means his border was just as open as the Biden administration's. Well, the Biden administration is headed by a guy who made it abundantly clear during the campaign that upon entering the Oval Office, he would, quote-unquote, you would, quote-unquote, see a surge at the border. He promised it. You can't now claim to have nothing to do with the very promise you're currently fulfilling. You made a promise, you're currently fulfilling it, and now you want to distance yourself from having successfully fulfilled the very promise you made. And Mayorkas is carrying it out. You had Chris Wallace from CNN's Who's Talking to Chris Wallace. And he's talking with Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas, asking what it means for the border to be secure. And Mayorkas says, according to the letter of the law, even one person entering the country illegally means the border is not secure. And since that's an impossible standard, they just strive for operational control. But that measure, he's never to be held accountable for having a greater open border than anybody else. He can't validate that. This is the law of diminishing returns. When whatever you think you're getting out of a thing is far exceeded by what you're losing from that thing. And this thing right now is lighting out, lying out of your backside, you schmuck. This is really the law of movable standards, wherein you rename a thing as being something other than what it is in order to gain the ground your arguments otherwise could not. Hey, she's not picking her nose. She's merely exfoliating her nostrils. Hey, he's not a drug dealer. He's merely a street-side pharmaceutical uh, rep. Are you kidding me? Jeffrey Dahmer, he wasn't a, 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 a monstrous cannibal. He was just a lost soul with a misunderstood eating disorder. And you could do this all day long. But it's not palpable. You can't believe it. And not right now you hear the guy saying that, it's a, that uh, the border is, can never be secure if, even if you let one person through. But yet he, under oath, on Capitol Hill, repeatedly said that the border is secure. I want to hear this clip one more time so you can hear the imbecility at work. Clip six again, James, if you please. What does secure mean to you? It certainly doesn't mean that people aren't able to get across the border illegally. Of, of course not. That is, that, by that measure, the border has never been secure, right? Um, since the Department of Homeland Security was created... Individuals have evaded. So, so by what measure is it secure now, sir? So there, there is not a common definition yes, there uh, is of that. If one looks at the statutory definition, the literal interpretation of the statutory language, if one person successfully evades law enforcement uh, at the border, uh, then we have breached the security of the border. So what we try to do, what's your, what defini- our, goal, what's your definition? What our goal is to achieve operational control of the border. 
operational control. Your goal is that. Well, that would mean that it's something not yet achieved. So maybe in a strange way, you just admitted to failure, you dumbass. Our goal is operational control. Well, if that's your goal, then it means it's not something you've yet attained. So you've acknowledged, schmuck, that you've not yet achieved operational control, which is something that actually, comparatively speaking, denotatively or connotatively, you functionally illiterate asswipe, was something the previous administration did have a better grasp of. You're listening to The Alan Nathan Show on the Main Street Radio Network. In December, LastPass, a popular app for managing passwords, suffered a security breach, potentially exposing millions of people's personal information. When a business created to protect passwords gets hacked, it's a reminder how vulnerable our sensitive information can be when stored in the cloud. And for businesses who need to protect data, security is a top concern. To help prevent security risks, the open directory platform provider JumpCloud recently introduced a password manager, JumpCloud's Antoine Jabara. Businesses cannot always rely on an offline solution as users need to share and access passwords across multiple devices. And cloud-based options aren't ideal either. JumpCloud Password Manager takes a hybrid approach, storing data on users' devices and seamlessly syncs user vaults to multiple devices in an end-to-end encrypted way. This addresses some of the limitations of cloud-based systems and bridges the gap between convenience and security. To learn more, visit jumpcloud.com. Vitamin B12 is important for supporting not only our metabolism, but also our energy levels. Our brain and our nerves need certain vitamins like B12 in order to function properly. Even if you're eating all the healthy foods like fruits and vegetables and getting you know great sources of protein, it's sometimes the case that you can become deficient in one or more nutrient, and that's where supplements can be helpful. So if you wanna support your B12 levels, Jaro's Methyl B12 is a great supplement to consider to optimize your B12 levels. This type of B12 is recognized by the body, so it's delivered to your cells more efficiently. It's also been shown that it is a great way to make sure that you're getting a highly absorbed form of vitamin B12 and one that's gonna be retained better than other types of B12. You can learn more at jaro.com. If you came across someone struggling with hunger, how would you recognize them? By their clothes? Their age? The way they speak? Would you notice a 16-year-old boy who got got his first job, not for extra spending money, but to help feed his little sisters? Or a mother who's in between jobs and sometimes goes to bed hungry so her kids can have dinner? Or a 14-year-old girl who signs up to every after-school activity not to make friends, but just to get something to eat? Or a retiree who fell ill and had to choose between getting medicine or groceries. I am the one in eight Americans who struggle with hunger. People you pass by every day but never knew were hungry. I am hunger in America. Hunger can be hard to recognize. Learn why at IamHungerInAmerica.org. Brought to you by Feeding America, 200 Food Bank Strong, and the Ad Council. My name is Judy Teeter, and I'm the mother of three boys. My youngest, Joe, was a great kid. He loved sports, music, and his youth group. One day, Joe asked me to drive him to an after-school event, which was about a mile from our home. 
I was driving through a green light when a car in cross traffic ran a red light and drove right into the side of our car, killing Joe. The driver was talking on her phone, so she never even saw the red light. She was so absorbed in her phone call. Before the crash, I didn't realize just talking on a cell phone while driving was so dangerous. Now it's something I think about every day. According to the National Safety Council, about one in four car crashes involves a cell phone. Hands-free is no safer. When you're behind the wheel, put away your phone. For Joe and for the thousands of needless deaths every year. Remember, there is no safe way to talk on a cell phone while driving. Find out more at nsc.org slash callskill. I'm Ben Affleck, and I want to thank you for joining me and supporting Paralyzed Veterans of America. Our vets need you. I'm a quadriplegic. I'm definitely at risk with my diminished lung capacity. I have MS. I'm in a wheelchair, and I can't leave the house because I have a compromised immune system. I'm very concerned about would there be a bed for me? Would there be a ventilator for me? Would I be able to survive something? It's, it's just heavy. You know, it's, it's a heavy... It's a heavy moment. This is a war. This really is. Our veterans fought for us. Let's fight for them. I am so grateful for the PVA. They're making sure that we have all of the food and supplies that we need right now. We all got to help each other right now. We can't get through this by ourselves. It's with profound gratitude that you're going to be saving our lives. To find out how you can help, please go to helppva.org. That's H-E-L-P-P-V-A dot org. What was the approximate percentage of the FBI requests to Twitter being based on the justification that the tweet violated the company's terms of service? That was a standard disclosure or a standard disclaimer in almost all the communications from the FBI to Twitter. What do you make of the finding that the FBI found it its responsibility to police violation of a private company's terms of service as a priority over policing violations of U.S. federal law? There there were a couple of very telling emails that we published. Uh, One was by uh, a lawyer named Sasha Cardiel, where the company was being so overwhelmed by requests from the FBI. And in fact, they gave each other a sort of digital high five after one batch, saying that was a monumental undertaking to clear all of these. But she noted that that she believed that, that the FBI was essentially creating, doing word searches keyed to Twitter's terms of service looking for violations of terms of service, specifically so that they could make recommendations along those lines. Welcome back, everybody. Welcome back. Every year is Alan Nathan, the militant moderate. Once again, this is the Oasis for those who have an aversion to the left, right, black, white, two-dimensional approach. Absolutely delighted you could be with us. Uh, so little, little time into which, uh, you know, we need to delve, um, or so much little time we have uh, that's really required to delve into so much that's in front of us, but we're giving it a shot. Uh, you were just listening to an exchange from Congressman between Congresswoman uh, Maxine Hegman, Hegman, I should say, Republican out of uh, the great state of Wyoming, uh, interviewing journalist Matt Taibbi. Taibbi, he's one of the um, uh, Twitter file journalists. You've got him. You've got Schellenberger. Uh, you've got a number of them. Anyway, uh, the Congresswoman's asking him how many FBI requests to Twitter for censorship were based on a tweet violating Twitter's terms of service. Matt replies that all the emails said that was what they were doing. Uh, Representative uh, Hegman then asked Matt what he thinks of the FBI enforcing Twitter's term of service instead of the U.S. law. 
He replies that emails from Twitter employees indicated that they knew that the FBI was searching out keywords on their end, then looking to see if tweets they disagreed with were violating Twitter's policy so they could be banned. Um, or if what they would have to do is they would just uh, manufacture grounds on which they could predicate a supposed violation was taking place. They could do that, too, and they did. Now, when Christopher Ray was uh, questioned about this, he, of course, the head of the FBI, he said, well, the FBI never uh, ordered these uh, big tech companies what they could post or what they could delete or what they should delete. No, but they did lobby, and they're not supposed to do that. They can't lobby for censorship. If they can't censor, they can't lobby for censorship. Now, don't get me wrong. The government's permitted to do all the messaging it wants. What it can't do is quash the counter-messaging of citizens who may disagree. That's what can't be done. Again, every year is Alan Nathan, the militant moderate. Once again, this is the oasis for those who have an aversion to the left, right, black, white, two-dimensional approach. Uh, another grotesque example of censorship has to do with January 6th, which has been characterized as an insurrection, which is laughable. It's a riot that got out of hand. One person got killed, Ashley Babbitt, an Air Force vet. For breaking and entering, she gets killed. She's unarmed, but she gets killed. One person gets killed. And that's supposed to rise to the level of insurrection. Never mind the 500-plus riots of BLM and Antifa that took place throughout 2020 and 2021, wherein you had five cops killed, 25 injured, thousands of civilians uh, wounded, 25 of them killed, Government property destroyed. I mean, these are things that denotatively or connotatively fulfilled the definition of insurrection. When you destroy government property and you kill government personnel, you're involved in an insurrection. But that kind of labeling was never attached to the Antifa BLM riots. No, 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 no. But a riot that gets out of hand on Capitol Hill with one person dying and that being one of the protesters, oh, no, that's an insurrection. As a matter of language, that's not the case. Again, unless language is no longer tethered to the meanings of the words that comprise it. Without further ado, we have assisting in the opining and analyzing. Old friend of the show, former state Senator Ted Harvey, uh, chairman of the Committee to Defeat the President at StopJoe.com. He also served as a White House staffer under President Ronald Reagan as district office manager for Congressman Joel Heffley. He also served in Colorado's House of Representatives. Uh, Senator, good to have you back. And, boy, it seems like Tucker Carlson of Fox News is driving the left out of their ever-loving minds with his exclusive footage of so much of what we haven't seen thus far. Your take on it all. Well, it's interesting because most of this information we knew for a fact that was going on, that the January 6th committee was doing everything they could to push a narrative that would uh, – demonize Donald Trump and any conservative that might support Donald Trump um, in an effort to mark him up so that he couldn't run again in 2024 and to make sure that anybody that was associated with him would not want to support him. Um, I think that any true Trump supporter or just conservative American realized what a fraud that was, and that's why Liz Cheney is no longer in Congress, and neither are any of the other Republicans that uh, work so hard to to discredit Donald Trump. And I think um, you'll also think concur with me that if Mitt Romney were to run for re-election as senator from Utah, 
he would lose hands down. I would bet my sweet the Batucci on that. Would you not agree? I I, I would have I would have originally said no. That could never happen because um, he is a, a a avowed Mormon, and the Mormons tend to work hard to keep their people in place. And um, but I've talked to a lot of Mormons in, in Utah that have said absolutely not. He does not represent us, and we are going to do everything we can to to throw him out of office. So and I he's up that, in twenty four, isn't he? He is up in 2024, and I think we'll have a new senator coming out of that state. Thank God, because that piece of crap doesn't deserve to, 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 to ascend the steps of that otherwise uh, uh, lofty symbol of our nation ever again, uh, except as a pedestrian tourist. Um, I can't believe that he did what he did. It's a vile, disgusting thing he did. Look, I'm no big Trump fan. Uh, I, I'll defend him when I think the government's violating laws, especially violating the very laws that... Uh, uh, they're ostensibly supposed to enforce and uphold. Um, I'm a DeSantis man myself. That said, it was grotesque what they did uh, as it relates to um, the back-to-back impeachments. But this January 6th thing, it's just a joke. I mean, Tucker Carlson has essentially uh, uncovered so many falsehoods, it's difficult to know where to start. Uh, what's, your, what's your favorite one? Well, the fact that they, the the police, the Capitol Hill police, were escorting not just the the, the kid with the bull head dress on, but almost all of the people that walked in, they opened the doors and allowed them to come in and escorted them throughout the Capitol. That was never seen by the American people. Why is that not the case? Because it's kind of hard for the left to say, hey, these guys were guilty of breaking and entering, when in fact... They were invited and escorted. You're listening to The Alan Nathan Show. The opinions you hear on the Main Street Radio Network are those of the host, callers, and guests, and not necessarily those of the station, Main Street Radio Network, its management, or advertisers. The information on the Main Street Radio Network does not constitute a recommendation, offer, or solicitation to buy or sell any product or securities. So please, consult a professional before investing. If you have any questions or comments about Main Street Radio Network, contact us at 703-719-0433 or at our website, MainStreetRadioNetwork.com.